the Dancepreneuring Studio, Session 8. How Inspiration Leads to Opportunity. Five, six, seven, eight. everyone, and welcome to the Dancepreneuring Studio. I am Annette Bone, and this is the place where dance inspires life and business. We will be bringing you some of the best and creative minds who are connected to the art of dance, and they will be sharing their stories, ideas, strategies, and tactics to move your life and business forward. Thank you so much for joining me. What's up, everybody? This is Chris Jones, actor, dancer, and choreographer, and you're listening to another section of the Dancepreneuring Studio. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life and business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. This week's step to success has to do with a brain exercise that gets you into the zone because it has you speaking from the outcome of where you want a situation to be and using your brain to create instead of worry. And this step is called Kalegaling or Kalegal, spelled K-Y-L-E. GLE, and you will find a video link in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 008, where this video goes into this a lot more and gives you examples to use that you can apply in your life and in your business. Basically, this guy talks about how he was afraid of this audition coming up. And instead of freaking out about it, he used his words and his imagination to talk about this audition as if it already happened, but focusing on the desired outcome of what he wanted. So as he was talking about this, as if it already happened, focusing on the positive that he wanted to happen, he started feeling better about the audition coming up. He was getting excited, getting inspired, and he gives other examples as well. And I really recommend that you watch this video. And what you're doing, again, to reiterate, is that you're creating instead of worrying, speaking the positive. And if you get stuck, then you speak about how you overcame being stuck without speaking about it in a negative manner. So please look at this video. I think it'll be very helpful for you. And when you think about things that inspire you, this gives you a really good action step to turn that inspiration into action. And now, Life and Business Connect with the Dancer's Dialect. The dancer's dialect is the dancer's language. I'm going to share dance terminology across different genres so you can see the correlations in your life and in your business. The word for today in the dancer's dialect is relevé. Relevé is a ballet term which means rising onto the balls or toes of one or both of your feet by pivoting your feet downward at the ankles or supporting your body with your feet resulting in demi-point, which means that your heels are raised off the floor or on point, which means you're on the tips of your toes, which you'll see a ballet dancer do when she's wearing point shoes. 
And it's easier to rise when you have a good foundation and proper weight distribution. And in ballet, especially, you need to elongate your body, pull up out of your hips, and also engage your core as much as possible. In other styles where releve is used, the feet don't necessarily have to be turned out and you don't have to go on a full point. So there's definitely variations with releve. And this made me think of back in the day, a long, (laughs) long, long time ago, when I was getting assessed for the dance classes at UC Irvine for the dance department. And one of the professors used this tool. I don't know what the name is and I've tried to find it, but I, I guess... I would have to check a dance therapy site or something like that. But anyway, it's this glass box type apparatus that has a mirror at an angle. And then you stand on top. And what they did was they had you stand on top of the glass and do a releve in first position, which means that your heels are together and then you're rising to demi point and they see where your weight distribution is. So that was one of the tools they used to assess uh, how we were. And I really appreciated that. At the time, I was a little intimidated because I was coming into the dance program with not a lot of training. And my peers, for the most part, were dancing since they were two. And I started really late. So I was a little intimidated by that. But in retrospect, I'm so glad that they had a tool like that so that I could know where I needed to improve. And so they made this thinking about releve and thinking about this uh, term reminded me of that. And one of the analogies that my ballet and modern teachers used to say a long time ago is that they told me not to only think of releve as rising up, but also pushing the earth away with your feet. A strong foundation, whatever that means for you, will help you releve or rise to new heights in your life and in your business. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. It was about 10 years ago as I was sitting in a movie theater with my sisters and the music started for the opening scene of You Got Served, which is a dance movie. And one of them leans over to me and says, I know you're going to like this. And I thought, well, of course I'm going to like it. It's a dance movie. I pretty much like all all dance movies. So even though I had stopped dancing in the mid 90s, it was still so much a part of me. I watched dance shows, everything that was dance related, I always paid attention to. And the funny thing now, though, is that since I've been back dancing, I don't watch any of the shows that I used to. So it's it's kind of an interesting turn of events. But I really am appreciating and enjoying the journey that I'm on now with being in the studio and learning and getting my technique back. So I, I'm just it's such a blessing. So fast forward to today. And who would have thought that I would get the opportunity, the blessing of having a conversation with one of the leading actors from You Got Served, and that person is Chris Jones. Now, Chris is an awesome dancer. He's an awesome choreographer, but he does so much more than that. He is an actor. He's a vocalist. He's a business person. And let me just give you a few of his credits. They're just so numerous. But anyway, he has film and television appearances that include You Got Served, Forrest Gump, Battlefield America, Big Mama's House 2, No Vacancy, CSI Miami and CSI New York, Will and Grace, Mad TV, and of course, many others. As a dancer, Chris has performed with numerous recording artists such as Britney Spears, NSYNC, Jennifer Lopez, P. Diddy, 
Busta Rhymes, Chris Brown, and Beyonce, and he's appeared on tours, music videos, and award shows such as the MTV Video Music Awards, the BET Awards, the Soul Train Awards, American Music Awards, European Video Music Awards, and the Grammys. He's also been on Broadway on Camelot and The Secret Garden. He's also worked as an actor and dancer in commercials and industrials for companies such as Pepsi, Foot Locker, Nike, Panasonic, McDonald's, Sony, PlayStation, Skechers, and Reebok. Chris loves to choreograph and teach and has worked and choreographed with artists and companies such as Travis Garland, Willow Smith, One Direction, Adidas, Adidas Asia Pacific, and the Lifetime Network. And Chris travels all around the world as a master teacher, a choreographer, and judges at many studios, workshops, conventions, and competitions. And right now, Chris is in production for his newest film, You Got Served 2, Winner Takes All, which, of course, I'm excited to see. And what I found very endearing about Chris was learning about his family. And what I found very exciting was hearing about how dance opened him up to different opportunities and different aspects of business. I really respect and admire his work ethic, and I'm looking forward to seeing his future plans develop. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. It isn't uncommon for people to think that you're like the characters that you portray in a movie, a show, or a commercial. What has been your experience with that? I'm definitely always the bad guy. I mean, I got my, I got my start, and you'll see it in my, my bio. But I actually got my start acting-wise. My first big role, I was a bully that threw the rocks at Forrest Gump and chased him on the bike. And it just kind of kicked it off. And that's kind of where we, that's kind of where it just started. And every role I've ever done has always been that. Well, what's funny is it's also my, it's my look. It's, it's the eyebrows and the jawline and everything. Like, when you see me, you're like, if you see my pictures and you see, you're like, oh, it looks so mean. And I can tell you, this is no joke. I first said you got served. We did a whole tour after, after the movie came out, like about, I don't know, probably about a month or so after it came out. My PR rep, they wanted to put me out. We did this tour, and I think I did like, I want to say it was like 12 cities, 13 cities. And we toured all these boys and girls clubs around the U.S. And, and the boys and girls clubs, I'm sure you know what they are. It's basically, you know, it's kids, girls and boys of all races that come from just broken homes, whether their parents be drug addicts or they're in jail or they passed away. And it's just these places where they have an outlet to go where it's not just like a rec center, but they have computer labs and kids can work in recording studios and play on computers and play instruments and just it's kind of all these things. And these are underprivileged kids in underprivileged neighborhoods. And so we did this whole tour where I basically went around and keep in mind being the white guy from a very, very black urban first dance film, it was a huge deal. So these kids thought that I was like the God and I would walk into these buildings and these little kids would just look at me. And at the first like five minutes, they were terrified to come say, Hey, because they just thought I was this mean bad guy. And I was like, <laughs> then they got to talk and they're like, Oh my God, he's so nice. I'm like, yeah, I promise. I'm, I'm a nice guy. I swear. <laughs> I had the privilege and pleasure of speaking with your mom briefly. And in that short amount of time, it was very obvious to me that you're very close with your family. And one of the things that she told me that I found very endearing is that your niece and nephew call you uncle, just uncle, not Uncle Chris or something else, but just uncle. See, I actually am very close to my family. Um, I was very fortunate at being in this industry, coming up in an entertainment family. So my whole family actually moved out to Los Angeles. And it's been, it's been great for me in my career. Um, and all aspects, just having them there and having them as, as, as like a backbone to fall on when I need them. But yes, I unfortunately am not married, do not have children. So my brother, two children, my niece, my nephew, Annie and Austin, they are eight and six and they are the light of my life. I absolutely love them. And 
Yeah, I don't know what I don't know why it's come up that I'm just uncle, but I am just uncle. They have they have other uncles and aunts, but I am just known as uncle, not Uncle Chris, not Uncle Jones, nothing. It's just straight uncle. And I kinda think I hope it doesn't come back to bite me, but I kinda think it's because I'm the fun uncle and I'm always doing the abstract things and I'm on TV and working with superstars and traveling the world and they just always they get to kinda live vicariously for me and they get to go on trips and hang out and every time I'm with them it's just nothing but spoil and have a good time. So yes, I am very close to my family and absolutely adore my niece and nephew. What do you think it is that makes your family dynamic work? And I, I can only imagine that. I mean, obviously, you're very talented as a dancer, a choreographer, an actor, a business person. But I can only imagine that having the support of your family and having them back you has only helped you in your career. What else would you say about that? I would, I would say the dynamic and the support, I mean, it's, it's actually it's pretty kind of dry and simple. It's like, like I said, I've grown up in an entertainment family, both my parents were um, entertainers of all at all levels, actors, singers, dancers. And then growing up, obviously, my father, he had a talent agency. My mother had a uh, dance studio, and together they owned a performing arts school. And back in their days, they you know they were on camera, on stage. They did everything in the industry. So I think it's a, it, was a, it, it has been, it was, it, and it is now a lot easier because they understand it. Uh, and don't get me wrong, it definitely can get tough at times, especially with the travel and the, and the hours of work. But I think because we've, we've all been in for, for so long, and this is all we all really kind of know, that for us, it's just, it's kind of like second maker. It's clockwork. You know, we, we understand it. So I have friends of mine that are, that are from the South that have moved out here with their family, you know, are bankers and accountants and, and landscapers. And they come out here to become a model or an actress or a singer or a dancer. And their family's like, I don't get this. I don't understand it. It's so far-fetched for, you know. But for me, it was, it, I don't know. I, I guess it's just growing up with it and them understanding it that, They've always kind of forced on my brother and I to just, you know, follow your dreams. And as long as you're happy and there's food in your mouth and a shirt on your back, then I mean, just do what you do, you know? It was so heartwarming to hear about all of that and what you guys have done as a family. And just some of the stories she shared, like she said that you only had one, like, quote unquote, nine to five type job where <laughs> you were a waiter. And she said yeah, actually what it was is it, it was when I was younger. Um, I mean, I, I grew up in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I grew up on the beach, surfer boy. You know, I, I did do other, other things other than entertainment stuff, but, you know, that was my life. So that's kind of all I did. But, you know, I was a surfer. So, I, you know, I would beach monkey and I helped lifeguard on the beaches and stuff. But my only real job was a busboy at a seafood restaurant. And I literally, I think I maybe had the job for about three and a half months. And you will not be surprised to hear this, but I ended up not getting fired, but kind of like, hey, we don't know if this is working for you. And I was kind of not liking it because it was just, it wasn't what I'm used to. And I ended up getting in a lot of trouble for constantly talking to the customers and not doing my job. And it was fun. I mean, it was a summer gig, busting tables at a stupid restaurant, but it definitely was just not for me. And my, you know, my brother and I, we make jokes all the time. I'm like, I don't know what would happen if I had to walk into an interview at a Starbucks or a Gap or something. And they say, can I have your resume? I mean, I, this is the honest truth. I've never even used the real cash register. I wouldn't even know the first thing about how to swipe a credit card or do a cash register. Like this is, I've been doing this since I was two years old and this is all I've ever known. So it's actually funny, but it's true. That was, I thought that was really interesting. And then she went on to say that you eat, live and breathe your craft, which I can totally believe that. What specifically does that involve for you? Well, you know, every day, the one thing I do like, I mean, it can get, definitely at times it can be stressful until you're that, that A-list top actor or that superstar singer or, you know, that, that number one model. It's like, it's always a gamble every day. You never really know what's going to happen. But part of that is actually kind of fun, not knowing what each day is going to bring. It's completely different. And, you know, I, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a tough question. It's a, it's a hard question to answer, but it's, I don't know. I love, I, I love what I do. And 
I do. I live, I breathe, I eat it. Every day is, is different. And I wake up, you know, some days I can get up and I'll go to the gym and then I come back to the house and I'll choreograph in my living room for two hours. Other days, it's literally I'm reading a script and then I'm going straight to my acting class and I'm going to do auditions. And then I'm sitting with my manager trying to figure out, you know, what the next step is for the game plan. And, you know, when I'm out with people, I, I try, I do live, breathe, and eat my career, but I try not to when I'm with my family. We try not to discuss it because that's my time with them, and I cherish those moments. And if they ask how are things going, of course, I'll, I'll talk. We try not to go too deep into it because that is my time. But when I'm by myself or when I'm in, in my zone, it is my life. I love what I do. I People say, do you read? I don't read a lot of books, but I read, I read a lot of scripts. Um, I watch a ton of movies because I have to keep up on, you know, film for, for my career. And as far as dance, I'm constantly listening to music and going to concerts and going to live bands. and you know, it's, it's my life. It's what I do. And I, I cherish it. And I love every bit of it. And it's funny that you asked that question. A very good friend of mine and I were on a flight. Um, this was probably about I don't know, two years ago. And he was reading some psych magazine. And there was, a, there was a poll that was done. And I don't quote me. I don't remember how many people. But I'm just going to say like 2,000 people were polled. And they were asked, how many of you love your job? And 9% came back and said they loved their job. And I tell people all the time, I get paid to do what I love. And I travel around the world on somebody else's dollar. I cannot complain. I love what I do. I live it. I eat it. I breathe it. And this is my life. I love that. It's just, it's so awesome. I, and I, just because I have such an affinity for dance, hence the reason for the podcast, but being so entrenched in your craft and always looking for ways to improve and just, you just don't know where inspiration comes Absolutely. from as well, you know, because you're constantly working on things. And I just, I just love that. I love hearing just even the minutia of the daily, okay, well, I got to do this and do that. But even within that, because you're doing what you love and you're passionate about it, it's all good. It's all just wonderful, I think. Absolutely. And, and I, I love that you just said that being inspired because that's the thing with, and oh my gosh, especially with dance. And you and I had kind of spoken a little bit at the studio that I find now, I mean, first of all, any, you can be inspired by anything. In the entertainment world now, and I say entertainment world because everything is so crossed over and so mixing and so blended and so part of one or the other. But inspiration just comes from everything. I mean, literally from, from watching a kid walk down the street to being in a museum and seeing a really cool painting. It's just going to, it'll take you to a different place. And you can hear a song that for you, it might be a sad song. You think about it, maybe a friend that passed away. But for me, I hear the song and I think of, you know, hanging out with my niece and nephew on the beach, flying a kite. Like you just never know. Like things just come from so many different places. And, you know, that's what I love about it, that it is, it is such a dance, especially is such a great way to express yourself and externally. It's not just, you know, sometimes writing is, is more of an internal thing, I feel like, whereas dance and singing is so out of the box and out there in front of you. I just, I don't know. I love it. It's such a great form of expression and a way to just see the world in a completely different way. I definitely agree with you on that. And we had also spoken about how just how dance opens you up in terms of, like we said, not only the expression part of it, but just opening you up as a person and dealing with different things. And I know you had some great opportunities because of your dance career. And so how would you say, besides that, how has dance helped you like with, you know, these business projects and your acting and everything else? Well, it, it certainly, and I know you're right. We did talk about that. And you, would, you know, I brought up that I had, um, I had worked with Adidas Asia Pacific. Um, and the Beijing Olympics. And I was, I was over in, in China and all of Asia actually for, for quite a while back and forth. And it was a whole other world for me. It wasn't just coming in and, Hey, can you teach a dance routine? Or, Hey, can you choreograph a routine? Or can you do a class? It was business aspects, everything from, from producing, from creating a whole new line of clothing for Adidas, understanding how they're going to develop this new line and these new styles of dance and this, this store. How are they going to market it and get it out to different areas? And what's the best way to, to open this up to? someone who's never done this. We did, not only did we do routines, but we did an entire 
series of DVDs that were basically mixing hip hop with almost fitness workouts. So these people that aren't necessarily dancers or people that don't like to go to the gym, you know, put the DVD on and feel like, Hey, I've got a little group going on with cool music and some cool moves. At the same time, it's, it's with dance. And so through that, it was so awesome for me. I mean, I spent months writing an entire manual. So it took, not only was I dancing, I was having to come out creatively as a writer and, and be able to open up something to somebody who absolutely has no idea about the dance world. So that aspect was incredible. The business side of it, I just, you know, I'm always in front of the camera on the stage. So, you know, as a, as an independent contractor, as a choreographer and a dancer and an actor, you know, obviously you were your own business and your own entity. So you learn how to take care of yourself, but business is also how are you, how are you developing it and, and giving it to other people? And that was where I learned a lot. I mean, it definitely being a dancer, you're not very insecure. You're very confident. You're open. You can talk to anybody. So that's a plus when it comes to the business world. You're not scared to go in there, you know, guns blazing and come and give and get what you want. But it also just teaches you, it gives you the the, uh, the ammunition to know to know how to handle certain things, you know, because not only with people, but just business aspects. I mean, you're dealing with numbers and writing and creativity and Again, the marketing aspect of how to get it out there so that people can, can digest it easily. It, it, it definitely opened up a lot of doors for me, I can tell you that. Do you feel um, that you have to approach things differently? Like, for instance, just working specifically on a dance production, a video or commercial that is specifically dance-centric as a dancer, as a choreographer, or as opposed to like your project with Adidas and the Beijing Olympics, although those were dance-based as well. But you had the whole other business side of it, the marketing and all that kind of stuff. When I you- mean, it was it was so different. I mean, when you go into when you go into a, a video, let's just say a music video, um, you know, there's there's different levels on the creative side. There's obviously your choreographer, there's your dancer, there's your creative director, there's your director, there's all these other aspects. But when it comes to the business side of like what I do with Adidas, again, it's not just hey, can you wear this hat and just be the choreographer? You're having you're you're handling the business side of it. you're writing the treatments. You're you know. They're sending you checks and you're having to figure out how to sit down and, and, and delegate off to other people and how to, how to manage an entire team, a crew, and not just put the hat on as, oh, I'm the creative director, I'm the, I'm the choreographer. Oh, I'm now the producer. The producer involves how I'm going to get, the, you know, how to budget um, an entire production, how to know who's getting the checks here. Where is this? I mean, it's literally you're forced into this world that you didn't, you know, you, don't, you didn't think you could handle. But, it, um, I, again, I just think that just being, being confident, being a dancer puts you in that realm where you're like, okay, whatever you're going to throw at me, I'm willing to take on. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done quick. I'm going to get it done officially. And we're just, and we're just going to hope that it's going to turn out okay. And that's where it's different. I feel like there's just so many more responsibilities and it's such, such a bigger picture than just going into a music video or a tour or a class and say, hey, we need you to do this. Okay, I teach. I make you smile. I make you sweat. You're done. Whereas in the other aspects, you're, I mean, it's every level of business. It's, it's running It's running a team. It's like being the... Uh, the chief or the captain of a, of a, of a football team or, a, you know, an army. Do you prefer that, that some, that project, that type of project that's more inclusive of all those aspects as opposed to just, yes. Okay. I figured yes, that. I, absolutely I, do. I, de- I definitely <laughs> am choosing that now. And you know what it is? It's obviously as you get older and you get more experience, you want to, you don't want to broaden your horizon. You want to try new things. You want to explore and you want to, you want to open it up. But I think also too is that, you know, as, as a, as just a dancer, you know, the, the lifespan and the longevity of a dance career is only so long now because, you know, dancers are coming out and they're younger and younger. So, you know, once you're starting to get into your, you know, your late twenties, your thirties, your forties, I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying that's when you start to go, okay, the body maybe isn't as quick as it used to be, but now where can I go with this? What can I use my dance to take me into, you know, where can I go with this now? And 
you know, it's actually, it's really fun because as a choreographer, yes, you get to, you get to create, but I think it's, I don't, it's like, it's like giving somebody a crayon and, and a piece of paper and saying, draw me a picture. And then, then the next day you give them a huge canvas and a whole thing of paintbrushes and you say, do this. And then the next day you give them the side of a building and you give them clay and they, it just gets bigger and better and more to do and more to create and more to work with. And I don't know. I, I think that that, that's now, yes, I'm sure age has something to do with it, but it's definitely something I'd like to do more of. I mean, I'm, I, my goal over the next couple of years, aside from, you know, choreography and acting and creative directing is I would like to just, I would like to start my own production company that literally has a million different entities that are not just, um, I want it to be from marketing. I want it to be fashion. I want it to be stage. I want it to be tours and film and video and TV. Like I want, I want it all. And I think that the experience I did have with Adidas set me up to know what to expect and how it's going to work. And I look so forward to doing that. Yeah, I, I can totally see you doing that. And I, I was also wondering how, in terms of like just working in different countries too, obviously, you know, it's different from working with people in the United States. Did you learn a thing or two about working in China and some of the other countries that you've been in? Well, yeah, well, yes, actually, I've learned quite a bit in different countries. Um, I mean, obviously, culture, cultures are just completely different. And, you know, there's so much that other countries can learn from us, but there's so much we can learn from other countries. And on just the dance aspect in general, I can say that it's, now it's, it's probably not as crazy as it was when I first started traveling internationally because dance was just really starting to break big into the world and becoming like the new, the new language. You know, you see music and math and now it's like dance is such a form of, of expression and easy, you know, easy to understand with people, but it wasn't as exposed overseas. So when you would go overseas, everybody was so hungry. It was like sponges. All they had was the internet to, to, to base what they're learning off of. So you'd go over there and someone like me or, you know, another choreographer or a director or an actor or whoever, would go over there and they would just eat you alive with a spoon because they would just, they just wanted to, you know, sap up every bit of you. So on that level, it was, you know, that's been great. You know, they, they just treat you like kings and gods over there and they're just so hungry. They're just like funded. But the business aspect, I mean, being in China, when you talk about business and them being on their game and knowing how to handle, I mean, it, they've got it. They've got it down. When you're, when you're dealing with Asia, like they, you know, it's one of the, biz, the biggest, I guess, biggest business capitals in the world is, you know, when you're dealing with Asia over there, it's just, it's a whole nother world. And you literally, you have, you have to be on your game. You have to have all your, your T's crossed and your I's dotted. And if that's, if that's the one thing I did take from it, it was that, that, you know, there was never any, there wasn't, there wasn't any holes. There wasn't something that was missed. There wasn't a beat that was skipped over. Every single thing was done and it was done efficiently and properly. And it, it was nice learning that because then you come back here and don't get me wrong. We have that in the States. Sometimes things can be run a little loose and being overseas, they run a tight ship. You know, they want to make sure that they, you know, they're, comp- they're competing with the U.S. So they want to be on their A game. And that, if that's one thing I took from it, it would be that. But you, you always cross your T's and dot your I's and have everything in line and ready to go. I definitely understand that. And I think also, too, you were just, as you're talking about working um, in these different countries and specifically with uh, Adidas in China and the Beijing Olympics, is that just even as a dancer, just the work ethic that it takes to practice your craft and to get better that in itself, I think is a big plus as a dancer going into the business world. Would you agree? And is there anything else you want to add to that? Absolutely. You know, and, and well, I would, you know, something I did not do and I, and maybe one day I will, I, and, you know, right out of high school, I was working. So I went right into my field and my craft and started doing my thing. But if I was to go back and go to college, I would go to college for business because I think that having a, a head, you know, a business headstrong, 
kind of uh, approach is, is just, it's good to have, you know, to be business savvy is just something that you need. And I think that's going to, that's going to benefit you in all aspects of life, no matter what you do as a career. But, you know, it's, it's just that, you know, there is, there's something about being a dancer and, or, you know, a singer or these people that it, it's a crap, but you have, you have to constantly practice. You have to be on it to stay in the game, but to also be the, to be the best at what you're doing. And the, the work ethic, especially, I mean, all over the world, they're, they're fantastic, but there's just the work ethic when you're in China or you're in Japan or you're in Korea or Vietnam. The work ethic, and I mean, these, these people are raised like this from birth and they just have such, you know, definitely there's, there's some looseness about the way they live in their own realm, but when it comes to business, they're just, it's their work ethic. They just, this is it. I don't, I don't want to say strict, but that's the best way to put it. Is it's so strict and regimented that there, there's no room to wiggle out of that. You know, from day one, they're like, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to finish school. You're going to do this. You're going to do it. And so by being around that and seeing how efficient it runs, it's not a bad thing. So I, I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to regimens and it comes to work ethic, they've got to be tenfold. That's just my personal opinion. Do you feel that since that is so prevalent, it's so modeled, so, like you said, from such a young age, I feel like that, I guess you could call it a template, but I feel that there's so much creativity that can happen when you have some sort of structure, because then you have certain things and certain elements taken care of that you're free uh, mentally, emotionally to yes, yes. get creative. You have that base. So once, once your base is there, you know, once you have a good, a good core, it's like, okay, we're, we're talking dance, so let me compare it to like ballet or tap. I'll use those because other aspects of dance are so mixed and blended. But with ballet and tap, people will tell you, you know, now there's contemporary and there's modern and there's jazz and there's lyrical and there's all these different aspects. But with ballet, if you have your strong base technique, once that is solid and that, that foundation is set, you can go, you can go to the, to the, to the sky. It's like having a hole. You know what I mean? If you, mm-hmm. you have a good foundation and your concrete is laid and you're on a, you're, you're not on the side of a mountain, you're in a good flat area, you could build for days, you know? But if you have a shifty bottom, then there's nowhere to go and you're constantly trying to figure it out and, oh, did I get this right? Did I not? So with that work ethic over there or the work ethic that, like you were saying, is required with dance or whether it be playing the piano or whatever, if you get a good base and you start that from the beginning, I think everything else is just, I don't want to say it's going to be easy, but it's just going to be, it's going to come at you much easier than it would be. If you did. I love the way that you taught the last class. Just obviously the choreography was great. The energy was great, but also just taking the time um, to remind us mentally of what to do and your thoughts. And I, re- I, I seriously could have taken like an hour's worth of just you talking about that kind of stuff. It was that good. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so, well, you uh, know, I, I've gotten, I've gotten to this point at, you know, I'm 33 now. I just had my birthday in February. And if there's, if there's something I have learned, don't get me wrong, teaching classes, teaching classes. And sometimes you go in and you just throw a bunch of dance moves at kids and you hope that they get it and they sweat and they, they look good doing it. It's fun. It's awesome. You're in and you're out. But I think as you, as you get older, I know that I, not only was I inspired by my teachers and the people that I looked up to, as a kid, it wasn't just them as a dancer, if they were good looking or if they were awesome. It was the way that they made me feel, not just by showing me, but by telling me and talking to me. And that's the difference. There's, there's choreographers, there's dancers, and there's teachers. And not every one of them, not every person is good at all three. You know, some people are fantastic teachers, but eh, their choreography is okay. Or maybe they're the greatest choreographer, but they're not such a great dancer. And I think that teaching is another, it's another world. Anybody can go in and show you how to do something. Anybody can tell you, hey, do this. You can, you can tell somebody to write like this or, or cook like this, but it's, it's another thing to, them, to get in there and get to the nitty gritty and, and just make them feel good. And that's, that's what I love. I, I want people to leave my class, not just sweating and happy, but I want them to leave inspired and feeling good about themselves and wanting to go off and do something different or try something. You know, I think too, that comes from being exposed to all the things that you've been exposed to your work ethic, 
um, as you know, your family sees you eat and breathe and live your craft that you've done, you know, for so long. I think that all collectively has helped you be a really good teacher, really good choreographer, and and also a really good business person. I mean, it's all it all works together. I think. Oh, absolutely! It, it, it's hand in hand, and, and that's what I said. I think nowadays, I mean, I I wish everybody in their life could take a could take a, a dance class or a Zumba class or something, just because I, it's just I think you have to at some point let you kind of have to let your mind go. Like I said, if you have a good foundation, you can go from there. And you have you have to sometimes just let. I try my best to live a stress free life. I'm not saying I don't stress because that would just be a lie. Let you know, don't sweat the small things, even though sometimes we do, but. It's like stress is not going to make it any better. You know, it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. And I, I think that dance is, is a way of, you know, obviously expressing yourself, but also just kind of going, you know what, today I'm just going to let it go. And it's going to make me feel that much better. And I might have a clear head after this. Mm-hmm. So it, it is. It's just, it, it, to me, it's a gateway. It's a new way to get to, get to other aspects. I mean, it, it, it touches so, I mean, the entertainment world is so big now and is involved in so many other parts of life. I mean, you, Everything from you getting in your car to listening to the radio to then going and taking your dance class to when you go to, you know, the store and you want to go shopping for your next cool dress that you're going to wear at a dinner. I mean, that dress came from somebody who was inspired by something and it's, you know, dance. So many dancers are going off into different aspects of that, of the industry, you know, and that's, I think, I think it's a great way to start because you just, you're exposed to so much as a dancer and as a choreographer, see it and you experience it and you hear it and just how people live life in general. And I, you know, I teach, I teach kids that are three years old. And then I teach, I teach, you know, women that come to my class that are 40 and 50 years old. I've done, I've done all aspects. And it's just, it's great that I feel like I can touch people. And that for two seconds, they're not really concentrating on the, on the, on the dumb things in life. They're concentrating on just kind of letting go and letting it play out how it plays out. Yes. There's so many benefits to that. Whether you're pursuing dance as a profession or just doing it for recreation, I totally agree with you on that. And I feel like I could have like 10 other million questions for you. So, but, um, you know, I, I just, I look forward to seeing, you know, I know you have projects in the works and I know we're going to see you all over anyway. So that's going to be really cool. Do you want to talk about any upcoming projects or? Yeah, there is, there, there, there's a couple of things happening is obviously, um, I've got some new artists that I'm, that I'm currently uh, choreographing and creative directing for that. I don't want to bring up their names yet because I don't want, I want them to pop at their own time. So it's just exciting for them, but. Um, as far as film wise, um, I do have the U.S. Serve Two has officially been greenlit, so we will be we will be starting on that. Um, I just got the second version of the script, so we we have that in the works. We are in pre-production for that officially, so that's exciting. And then I'm still traveling. I'm still teaching all over the world. I'm constantly doing master classes and judging, and you know, doing doing all kinds of you know, uh, showing up and doing Q and A's and, and sitting down and doing dinners and. You know, I'm still just kind of all over, and that's what I love about my life is it's constantly going and it's constantly changing. Um, I've got a, I've got a friend of mine I'm currently writing a new script for for a TV pilot. Like, there's just there's so much in the works, and for me, I I'm always on the go. And I, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if, if I think you had said something earlier, you wanted me to kind of say some social media. I'm on Instagram, obviously. My Instagram, and my Twitter are both the same. It's Jonesy J O N Z I E seven three six at Jonesy seven three six, and then I'm on Facebook. Uh, I am on Vine and Snapchat, but those aren't really my big dogs. I don't really do those, but I'm definitely on Twitter and Instagram and um, Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Chris Jones. Great. So there is there is no shortage of a way for someone to connect with you if they want to. Absolutely not. And my emails are all connected to them. So always, always you, know, you can message me on Facebook. You can email me. You can find me on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, and I am on LinkedIn as Chris Jones. You can find me that way. But the best the best way to find me is just shoot me an email, send me a pic, say what's up. And I'm always, if I'm in your neck of the woods, I post stuff anywhere I am in the world. And if you ever just want to pick my brain or come take a class or say hello, just find me on social media. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. This has been amazing. And like I said, I, I could ask you like a ton, <laughs> a ton more questions. 
Well, but you I, know, I would, you know, I'd love to. It's at, at some point, you know. I mean, this is this is our first interview together, but you know, in the future, you know, if if you ever want to call me back, we do another one and just kind of keep you updated on what's happening in my life and things that are changing and want to pick my brain about anything else. I'm I'm always available and I'd love to talk to you again. I really enjoyed my conversation with Chris Jones, and I look forward to having another one again. And now I have a question for you. What passion have you pursued that has led to other opportunities? I would love to hear about them. And you can go to AnnetteBone.com forward slash 008, where you'll also find the show notes to this session. And also, I would consider it a great honor if you could leave me a review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And that way, the word can get out about the podcast. But more importantly, I can get some feedback that will help me improve the podcast. Coming up next week in the Dancepreneuring Studio, we discuss five creative business lessons learned from modern dance pioneer, Martha Graham. I really appreciate you tuning in, and I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at AnnetteBone.com. This podcast copyright by AnnetteBone.com and Dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.